0: It's Monday, December first. Welcome to MarketFoolery. I'm Chris Hale. joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser, and from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Happy Cyber Monday, guys! <laughs> what is that? Can you feel the excitement,
1: man? People are actually working around here, though.
0: My iPad,
2: not shopping. It's warm, I'm eager with the anticipation. Your Amazon app is just heating everything oh my up. God, Amazon's—they get all of our money all year <laughs> round. We'll get—we'll anyway. get, we'll get to Black Friday, Cyber Monday in a second. But just to
0: sort of tease it out roughly. Just ballpark it for me. How many email have you gotten in the last 72 hours from retailers offering some sort of discount on Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales? Ballpark it for me, Taylor.
1: I think my junk email account had gotten more emails over the weekend than it did all of 2014. (laughs) Every single website that I've ever signed up for anything on, I feel like two to three emails a day.
2: Yeah, i I mean, I, I haven't really. I don't ever really check my spam folder, but I'd say for the for the stuff that gets to my inbox, I mean, I. I, I mean, I'd have to put it at probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, of fifty to sixty. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I see them and just immediately delete. I'm getting them. about. I'm just, yeah,
0: mine is somewhere in that neighborhood, about one an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: but let's start
0: with oil today, because while we were stuffing ourselves with Thanksgiving dinner, OPEC was meeting. Uh, and Taylor, I'm curious your reaction to all this because I think it's fair to say that the global oil market is weakening somewhat. and in response to that, OPEC met and voted not to cut oil production. and as a result, oil prices have now fallen to their lowest point in more than four years.
1: That is correct. Yes, they uh, maintained 30 million barrels 30 million barrels of oil per day. Um, And they control about 40% of global oil, so that means what they say pretty much dictates the the price and and the production of oil for the most part. And You mentioned the weakening in demand, but it's also been an 80% increase in U.S. supply since 2008, which has really kind of been the the new swing country, I guess you could say. Saudi Arabia used to be that country, with the U.S. producing at near-record levels, supposedly going to pull back a little bit in 2015. Um. Yeah, you saw the price of oil collapse on Friday, and prices of companies in the oil industry collapse even more. Specifically, companies more highly tied to fracking and unconventional drilling.
0: I saw a chart today that, in the last three days, 10 oil companies, at all names anyone would recognize, ExxonMobil, Shell, uh, Chevron, Marathon Oil. 10 companies. Have lost more than seventy-five billion dollars combined in market cap. If you are someone who owns one of these oil producers, how worried are you right now?
1: Short term, yeah, that Friday really was a swift kick in the butt. You probably weren't shopping as much as you were thinking about Friday morning before the markets opened, seeing some paper losses. Um, but you know, if you hold on to these companies, a lot of people predict the price of oil to come back eventually. You saw it drop to thirty dollars in two thousand eight. Um, And actually, one major oil executive from Canadian Natural Resources thinks that oil could touch $30 a barrel because of this, eventually stabilizing around $70 to $75. But I don't think it's going to be a a long-term drop. Do I think oil in the long, long term is the best business to be into? Probably not. Uh, Demand is is weakening. Um, But, I, I wouldn't be selling these major companies. I think they're going to bounce back, uh, maybe add to your stockpile a little bit. Um, I'm looking at oil services, and I was surprised offshore oil didn't get hit worse. I think maybe because a lot of the pessimism had been baked in. They've all been hurt really badly over the past year. Um, but I think I look at this as a buying opportunity, especially if you're looking at companies that use oil as a main input. Uh, you saw airline companies skyrocket Friday. Um mainly the lower cost Southwest and, and and the likes, but uh yeah, I think that's the way to play this right now. Buy people that use oil and uh, possibly buy a little bit more of oil producers.
0: They're not really passing on the savings to <laughs> People buying airline tickets though, are they? That's just
2: a uh, hunt.
1: Airlines, no. That's gonna. That's probably gonna make it straight to the bottom line.
2: Judging from the cost of my tickets this weekend to fly to Georgia, <laughs> I don't think that we're getting any savings passed along to us. Uh, but with that said, I'm not terribly surprised. But I, I, I think it's you know with all of the sort of doom and gloom that that comes with uh falling commodity prices and, and obviously the impact that it's had on all these these oil and oil related stocks. I mean it, I think Taylor's right for the most part. I mean this is this is when you need to be looking at buying these these companies. And I mean I think that uh you know the the bigger names in the business are always the better way to go simply because scale matters so mm-hmm. much. And so like you look at Halliburton for example to me, I mean you've seen Halburton touching back to forty dollars per share. I mean that that to me starts looking really uh, attractive especially considering this acquisition of Baker Hughes it's going to go through it's going to give them obviously more scale um, it, you know oil and energy is cyclical it's not something that you want to buy and just hold blindly blindly you have to you have to pay attention to it but but if you can do that and then you know you look at other other players in the space like national oil Varco that has a presence in virtually every aspect of, of, of the oil and, and natural gas business uh, I I think that those are two names that should be on anyone's radar. And then the spinoff from National Oil, uh, the D-Now, the the distribution side of the business, which is lower margin, but that's going to get their attention and and, and maintain a a prominent space in in this sector for some time to come. So, it's easy to to short-term be a little bit gloomy about them, but this is when you need to really be looking into pulling the trigger on some of your favorite names.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you look at Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway doing a little bit of that today, spending $800 million on a weather uh, business unit involved in chemistry and in- integrity drilling fluids um, through their Lubrizol business. So, they're they're still buying into energy. Lubrizol. Yeah. What is that? Uh, I don't know the exact business. I, I do know that it's uh, heavily involved in, in drilling fluids and things like that. So, they're just adding on to the, the current business. Uh, Weatherford trying to sell non-core assets. At the same time, Berkshire and its Lubrizol business looking to add to some core assets.
0: So Black Friday kind of the the word I keep seeing is disappointing that fewer shoppers were out there and they were spending less money and certainly when you look at the big retail stocks Target, Best Buy, Walmart they're all falling today. Amazon down. Amazon historically the big winner on Cyber Monday and it may prove out to be that. Mm-hmm but in a day when there's a lot of red out there it seems like the retailers are are sort of leading the way but here's what i'm curious about jason the national retail federation came out and basically said we're not we're not changing we're not lowering our numbers for november and december so in terms of their forecast what they think total sales is going to be et cetera what the growth is going to be is this the final nail in the coffin of Black Friday as a singular event? Because if in fact people just sort of spread out their shopping over weeks and even months, then it it does signal to me, well, look, it's not horrible out there in the retail world. It's just people are spreading it out.
2: Well, I've got a message for Black Friday, Chris. I want you to hear me loud and clear, okay? Now, for me, I'm not a big proponent of Black Friday. I never go out on Black Friday. Couldn't care less about it. For me it was golf Friday. Okay. <laughs> I made I made eleven pars on Friday nice work. and made money on Black Friday. I didn't spend money. I netted positive. You hear me, Black Friday? <laughs> I made money. You didn't hustle Black Friday. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I I think I think that your point is is a good one. I think the ex, the exclusive nature of Black Friday is is dwindling down. And and I mean really that only makes sense, right? I mean, Black Friday for the longest time was, you know, unique because it was that one day, and then essentially it's kind of like hardware. It's just sort of a race to the bottom, and all these retailers keep chasing each other and extending out the sales. and, and with Amazon, essentially, Black Friday started on November first, I think it was. Uh, so it's just going to be November and December sales, and Black Friday is just going to be a marketing gimmick. I think. Um, uh you know for for the foreseeable future it, so th- there's no surprise there i mean I, I think that you have to judge really the holiday season more on the, the sales that come in in november and december that'll give you a better idea of really the genuine uh the, the general spending uh habits i think it's it's interesting that amazon's down today it looks like amazon's down really because uh they they released a, an SEC filing they're going to offer some new debt they're going to raise a little bit more debt in the markets and moody's uh downgraded uh just slightly Uh, Based on the fact they don't believe that that debt will go towards any form of shareholder returns, I don't know if they've looked at Amazon's ten-year chart, but I mean it's pretty breathtaking. And shareholders have won uh, through and through with Amazon, and even the prices have recovered since that devastating earnings loss of a of a month ago. Uh, So to me, I mean I think that's probably a little bit of a short-sighted reaction, but. yeah. I, I mean, I think that, that for for the foreseeable future, you're just going to see Black Friday used as sort of the general terminology, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It's, it's sort of what we refer to this time of year, right? It's the holiday season. Uh, it's the same kind of thing. So, judging just based on that four- or five-day window of numbers, is going to be, I think, less and less relevant as time goes on.
0: A year ago- Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos gave the interview to 60 minutes there was the whole thing with the flying drone delivery drone that was a, a year ago that was 1 year Holy ago smokes. so uh, now uh, Amazon comes out with some information on their Kiva robot systems in their mm-hmm. warehouses and ha- and I have to say as a shareholder I was pretty pleased on two fronts one is they've clearly figured out how to put these robots to work in a way that maximizes efficiency. Of course, years from now they'll gain intelligence and take over, and it'll, it'll be the end of all of us. But for now, anyway, robots will just
1: carry us to the grocery store, right. and
0: get to work. But no, they've they've cut down um, in their warehouse. They they've significantly increased their their production and their ability to uh, ship products. Uh, the other thing I was heartened to see was. Comments from some of the employees at Amazon who work in warehouses, talking about how it's making their job easier. Mm -hmm. It's enabling them to take more breaks because we saw in that CNBC documentary earlier in the year. Not easy being one of those people walking, walking you know, ten miles a day in those massive warehouses. But um,
1: that were supposedly too hot and too dimly lit. But these robots don't care about that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Amazon. I think, acknowledge as much mm-hmm. that, yeah, we actually should have better lighting, we should have <laughs> air conditioning in these warehouses, etc. But, I don't know, I, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, and maybe it's not until January that, that we get the full report card on on how these retail stocks have done. But, I don't know, I, even with the the headline numbers of fewer shoppers and less money spent, I still feel like we're set up for a pretty good and by us, I mean the retailers. I still feel like Walmart, Target, Best Buy. I I still feel like they're set up for a pretty good holiday season.
1: Yeah, you look at everyone talking about who the new stimulus from lower gas prices, and yeah, so, uh, AAA says gas prices might be 20 cents lower per gallon by Christmas. Retailers probably think, wishing it was a little sooner um, before Black Friday. But we're on a 67-week consecutive decline in average oil price or gas prices. In the United States. Um, so it's been going on for a while. So I don't know if it's a, it's a stimulus as everyone's been talking about, but another 20 cents off the national average would certainly um, bode well. I mean, some of these outlets are a little further away, so people bake that into their shopping cost. Um, that could help a little bit. Uh, it, I, about those Kivo robots, I remember when Amazon bought that company. If you want to just watch some interesting videos, these things are amazing. They're I think they're only a couple feet tall, a couple feet wide, and they can carry. A ton of weight, and they just they just sh- ship it all around these warehouses in an automated grid-like fashion. It's something that I've never seen
0: before. And to Jason's point about Moody's and thinking short-term about Amazon. Mm-hmm. Go back and read some of the coverage of that acquisition because there were people out there, there were analysts out say out there saying, "What is Amazon doing, spending this money yep. when they're not as profitable
2: as they should be, etc." So and you their
1: peers that? didn't buy it, they're, or they weren't exactly. able to buy it. Well,
2: so. I mean, like Wal- Walmart, I don't think would necessarily, you know, Walmart's battling sort of this this two fronts battle, so to speak, where they're they're trying to figure out how to keep their uh, bricks and mortar operations robust and at the same time they're trying to figure out how to grow e-commerce and and so you look at that and that's like well in in many cases, it could be one or the other. I mean, it's a lot of retailers that we talking about lower traffic uh, in their physical stores this this weekend, and that makes a lot of sense because if that traffic is going online, well, then they're going online. So it's not like it's it's almost like they're getting one or the other. Whereas you look at Amazon and Amazon, and, and I think even companies like Nike and Under Armour, to a degree as well, are really f- building out uh, more robust e commerce uh, you know presences. I mean, obviously Amazon is is really solely. Uh, e-commerce, but but Under Armour, and Nike, through and through, every holiday season, you see what they do with their direct to consumer sales. And, and a good a good portion of that is made up through through online sales. They just continue to do really well. They're keying in on one of the most important things for consumers at this time of year, and that's free shipping. And I mean, whenever you give that option for free shipping, even if it's you say, well, buy a minimum of this or whatever. Consumers really take to that. I mean, that's the survey results tell us. That's that's number one concern really. Um, And then you you look past that to how easy is it for me to return something? And again, you know, this is where these kinds of companies just continue to shine. And as long as they continue to do that, I think they're gonna they're gonna see sort of this move towards the digital, mobile, and e-commerce age, and they're they're gonna they're gonna prosper.
1: And these limits you have to reach to get free shipping aren't overly burdensome based on the price you're paying for no, some of these goods, and you figure, oh yeah, I'll spend 10 extra bucks, get a pair of socks, rather than spend 10 bucks on shipping, you're actually getting a return on that. And
2: have you noticed, I mean, is it me? I mean, it seems like Amazon is doing a lot of advertising this year, more advertising than I can recall seeing. You mean seeing. on television? On television, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of advertising for the you know the little fire tablets, fire stick for your TV, uh, just more, more commercials on TV than I can recall seeing in, in years past.
0: In surveys we've done, uh, listeners have said free shipping is one of the reasons they like market foolery. It's,
1: just, <laughs> it's out there, just, there it's on the air out there. It's That's free right. shipping.
0: Uh, before we wrap up, I want to give a shout out. Uh, I read this story. I was up in uh, Rhode Island as part of the Thanksgiving holiday. I read a story in the Providence Journal, and wanted to give a shout out to um, the students at East Greenwich High School um, because there was this great story about how. Students at this high school, um, working with their uh, business teacher, a uh, woman by the name of Patricia Page, uh, basically decided, we want to learn about financial. Financial literacy is important. We're not getting the education that we want when it comes to money, and so they undertook this process, um, did all this research, and went to the Rhode Island Council on Elementary and Secondary Education, and. Basically made this pitch, uh, and as a result, uh, the board approved uh, Rhode Island's first ever standards for financial literacy. Uh, so uh, well done! That's awesome, Patricia Page. That's right, and her students at East Greenwich High School. Very foolish. Very, fo- very foolish. Capital F, foolish. Um, really well done. Uh, in the spirit of Black Friday and Cyber Monday and sales. Constantly being rammed down our throats. Um, what is a stock that you think is on sale right now? I'm going to step outside
1: of my comfort zone, and I've been trying to add tech to my portfolio a little bit more. And Qualcomm is a name that I've been looking at uh, for some time now. Can't buy it for a few days now that I've mentioned it, but uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, multiples across the board or multi-year lows. Um, big play on mobile. Uh, so just some quick statistics. It's a leading chip maker, so you look at no smartphones in 2000 or. None that I know about. 2 billion now. You look at av- uh, averages, I've looked at about 4 billion by 2020 for estimates there. So that's doubling in just a few short years. That means 80% of adults on earth will have a smartphone by then. Uh, developing countries and nations are skipping landlines completely, going straight to start smartphone. So I'm looking at Qualcomm being at, at lows multiple wise, and it's underperformed the NASDAQ by about 17% year to date. So That's my value play right now,
2: Jason. Yeah, I'll give an honorable mention to Amazon just because uh, I I I know a lot of people probably would disagree in thinking that it's cheap or on sale, but I think that really when you look at the cash they generate and and the longer timeline here, they're just building out something that I think is beyond what a lot of people really want to even open their minds to. Um, But I I, I'll I'll go ahead and call out Zoom. I mean, I've talked about it before on the podcast and the radio show, but uh, you know, I mean, they recently reported a a good quarter. There was some concern, I think, from the market. In the amount of new customers it added, uh, there were some reasons payment. behind that. Yeah, it's mobile consumer to consumer, and um, you know that that's the one thing is because they're focused on mobile, and it was built as a technology company. It doesn't have that you know capital heavy infrastructure that something like Western Union has, and is trying to sort of pivot away from. Um, and, and they you know zoom continues to add sort of you know new ancillary services beyond money transfer, um, talking about things like bill pay um, that that you know are, are very helpful very sticky keep a, a very strong repeat customer base high margin business and, and the market was a little bit sour on that new customer 's number, but that was that was because they dialed back some advertising during the World cup um, period at the end of q two and the beginning of q three. Uh, but I think when you look when you look at the, the longer time horizon here, this is a this is a business that's changing the landscape of money transfer and and, um, and, and will certainly benefit. Uh, I personally own shares. I bought some after that earnings miss, and um, you know I think it's definitely a stock that looks like it's on sale today thanks for being here, guys. As
0: always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd with Special Assistant Maeve Hill. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.